It's time for the Charlotte FC podcast. scored my goal against Nashville and Anton grabbed my jersey and my face and said kiss this badge man this is our club our house we ain't letting anybody come in here and disrespect us and you our boys do a good job of creating chances of playing with the intensity and energy uh, i just want them to get more for more reward for the work that they do welcome benvenuti bienvenidos to another edition of the charlotte fc podcast we got something new for you today uh and every fifth week of the mls season this year we are going to do a take on the previous four games and kind of look and see how the crown have been playing. Uh, Eli and I have been working on this podcast for over a year now, and we just decided that for this year, we talk so much about Charlotte's FC soccer and soccer in general, but we never record it. We always do our interviews. So we just thought we would do this this year and kind of share a little bit of how we talk and go about things. So in our uh, new segments here and our new new episode just for this week, and you'll see it five weeks from now, we have a section called View from the Spires, where we're going to talk about basically how the club is doing overall during those matches. Then we have a section called the Gallantry, where we kind of give out badges to individuals for their play and their their uh, their growth over that time. Then we'll cut to a segment where we interview fans, and that's called the Voices from the Kingdom. We'll ask them questions, get opinions, trivia, stuff like that. Then we'll go into the Royal Archives and talk about some stats and things from previous seasons or previous matches. And then we'll do our Regal Proclamations, which is basically our thoughts on the upcoming match and what Charlotte FC needs to do. So that is where we are, and we're about to start. So thanks for joining us for this episode. Eli, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. I'm excited for the upcoming match today. Um, a bit... It- Kind of excited over 
the win against Orlando last week, hoping that that optimism does not go into crush, crushing sadness in about three, four hours. Yeah, I know. And, you know, we'll get to that game in a minute, but let's let's kind of go back and talk about the view from the Spires. So we're going to look at this high-level view. Where is Charlotte FC after these first four matches? In your opinion, like, what did you notice? What did, what did we learn? Well, what I noticed was, first of all, we have so many new players and they're in very crucial roles. So with any time players join a new team, there is going to be a learning curve to that, especially when it's players speaking different languages, coming from different leagues, different playing styles. So I thought given how many new and importantly placed players we had, I think we've uh, grown a lot as a team over the last three weeks, and I think that our new players are adjusting very well to the MLS environment. Definitely. I would I would agree with that, too. And I think that's a lot of what Coach Latanzio is seeing, is that maybe the results are not showing on the on the pitch, but he's seeing, not only in training, but in, in the actual games, things that are growing towards how they're playing together and playing well. You know, obviously last week, the, the ball from Lindsay and, um, you know, the press and pushing up from Orlando allowed those type of things, which I'm sure we'll see today too with, with the New York Red Bulls. Uh, some other things maybe you notice uh, kind of big picture about Charlotte and the way they're playing this year. Uh, so big picture, last week was the first game this season that we saw the team working as a whole unit, as a team. And I thought that it was really, really well done, especially, I know we say this a lot, but just the cross from Lindsay ending up in a goal for Capetti was a very well-placed, and that shows that they know where each other are going to be, and they know how each other think, they know where to put the ball so that they can get it, they know their speeds, and so I think that really shows that they're becoming a unit and becoming a team that doesn't need to worry about, oh, well, other people do things. They just know if that they do their part, everyone else will do it, so it'll be some seamless clockwork. And we focus on the pass from Lindsay, but if if you look back even a little bit further before that, it's it's a clear from Marks. Marks gets it right to the middle to, um, to Westwood. Westwood one times the clear to Lindsay, and then Lindsay in two seconds is automatically pushing that up, and Capetti and Gaines are off to the races, and it actually curves right in there. But like all of that just... It just worked like clockwork, and I'm sure they see that a lot in training, so that was probably very rewarding for them to make something like that happen. Mm -hmm. And so we just focused on that last game. Are there other things that we learned from the team in the previous three games? I know a lot of us don't even want to talk about Atlanta United because we're not sure what happened there, but what, what do you think? I think we learned that sometimes high press doesn't work when you don't have the defenders to back it up. Something especially that I noticed throughout the past three games or that any time that we would go high press, there would be a time where, like, say it was against New England, they would come and they would bring the ball all the way down and then we'd have to start from scratch there. We need to be able to have the defenders to back up the high press. That way, if they get the ball, it's not them off to the races and us running to catch up. So keeping them in front of us is, yeah. is kind of what you see. I feel like 
like you, you were talking about the chemistry and that definitely is something that, that I've seen over four weeks that we've grown in how we're playing. Um, we're not building as much from the back, I'm sure, as Latanzio wants, but what we have been able to do for those chances has been great. I think, you know, the lineups has been an issue. Um, but, you know, putting players out there who are going to perform has been key because, you know, all Latanzio knows is what he sees and what he thinks, like, hey, these guys are playing well, let's try them. Well, I think he got enough of trying them and saying, all right, I got to try different players because we put you out there. You've done what you're supposed to do, but it didn't show in results in the in the match. You, you've done what you need to do in training. So I think maybe he found uh, a crew that might be able to play well together, although injuries always happen. So you're going to be shuffling some people around just like we will this week uh, with some, some people out like Westwood and um, Tuliloma could be doubtful. I don't know. Uh, he's still listed as questionable for this match. But I just think that our defense defense plays as a unit more than anybody else, our back four. So having them together and having more experience together, I think, is, is going to um, be helpful. So um, any more thoughts on a view from the Spires? Um, the only other thing that I would say would be that I think looking back on this time in our season, maybe like 5, 10 weeks down the road, optimistically, this could be seen as a trial run and something that helped us achieve the level that we want to be able to play much more like we played at the end of last season. I do think that this could be looked back as, oh, we tried it and then it worked. But I think that for this week and then the weeks to follow, we have to deliver in order for that to be looked on that way. Definitely. All right, so now we're going to have our next segment called The Gallantry. And so this is where we're going to give out some kind of badges to to individual play and players. So I want to start out with just Capetti. He is the tank, and he's actually shown, I mean, it's got to be physically trying and demanding for a defender to play him because he is not only physical, he's in your face all the time, he is quick, he runs down. But I, I think the biggest thing that I, that I want to give out to Capetti is that he learned just, I, you know, maybe it took Latanzio saying, hey, stop stop doing the, um, the complaining to the refs, your body language and stuff like that, and just go do it. And I think he did it. Yeah, I'd just like to add one specific thing on there, which is that in the Orlando game, I believe this was probably uh, like 20th minute. I think this was before the first goal where uh, Capetti got tripped in the box and instead of falling down like probably most players would, he stayed up and kept going. And I know some people are like, oh, well, you should fall down, you're in the box. But I think that does show growth in the sense that he knows that he wasn't going to, he didn't fall down, and so he should just keep going and keep fighting at it. And that I really respect that out of him. Yeah, and I, you know, I just see him getting better and better. It it, it takes time to learn how yeah. how refs call, how players play. Um, going from one league, that's what you know you've done your your entire life. So, Petty, you got you got one you want to give out? Yeah, I want to just give one to George Marks as he wasn't the starting goalkeeper this or at the beginning of the season. Uh, Cisneros played three games. Obviously, that wasn't working. Most people before. 
uh, the Orlando game probably hadn't seen much of Mark's playing. I don't know if he started any games last year either. Montreal. Started in Montreal. With that crazy game with all the people with COVID and stuff like that, which, again, don't get me talking about that one because that's one that, that we let slip away too. Yeah, so I think that George Martz pulled off a phenomenal performance. He pulled off so many goal or saved goals than I think we could have seen Cisnega get at those. As we've seen Cisnega kind of bobble some sometimes, let some through that maybe he shouldn't. And George Martz seemed like he was very reactive. He was very in sync with the ball and was able to read defenders very well. Yeah, and I also... I. Uh, he was probably the best person for best goalie for last week too because of the way that Orlando shifted and played a little bit in the second half and we had to basically just defend and suffer. And Marks is, as Lily P. Will Pelagic did an interview with him, a great interview this week with him. You should check that out. But uh, he's talking about how vocal he was in communicating. And I asked, you know, George after the game, I was like, what was the key to keeping that? He's like, just being, you know, communicating all the time with the guys, where they should be, where I need them to be, what I need to see, that kind of stuff. And I think having him for that role, you know, really helped helped us secure that win because we did have to be at all times knowing what there was going on. Yeah. All right, so I got one. Um, we've had a we've had a a time trying to figure out why certain players are not playing. You know, a lot of talk about this person should be in, that should person should be in, and I feel like. You know, you got to give one out to Vargas. He's come in knowing, young player, right? Knows where his role is and what he needs to do. And he's given, given, given the space and the time to do it. And he delivered last week. And when he was in previous, he had shown that he was capable of making things happen and creating. And being a club that needs some more creation in the final third, because you do have Capetti that's, that's going to be there in those spots. But you also have to have some people create some things around him um, to force some openings. And I think that's just, you know, hopefully more to see from him and more confidence from from getting that first goal. Yeah, and I think putting Vargas in to start against Orlando was a very smart move for Latanzio. And I think that we can see that looking back as in specifically the New England match Vargas went in with about 20 minutes to go in the match and immediately started making chances had multiple shots on goal when there weren't really many coming after that he pressed he was there he wasn't afraid to take shots and so that made New England kind of like have to be more on their toes and cause them to be a bit more panicked and in that case it did not end up with a goal although very narrowly did almost did but I think that when you give him more time, when you give him time to read, time to start, time to be there from the start, he's shown that he can deliver. Definitely. Uh, so do you have a, a person you want to call yeah. out? Yeah, so I'd also like to call out Brant Bronico as he's been moved around a lot this season, playing in positions that maybe he's not the most comfortable in. But I think that he is the type of player that can play anything given time. And so I'd just like to give him accommodation for that and being able to be flexible and never just like failing to do what's expected of him because of the position that he's playing. Definitely. And I, I want to call out my... 
our good friends over at the Crowncast, they always talk about Bronico playing and finding those spaces, and he's really good at that. And, you know, having him in, in positions to do that, I think, of course, the midfield is going to be better than where he was at defense, but he was definitely able to do that. And um, so, yeah, good one for that one. I want to call out DJ, give him a, a, a badge here. Uh, didn't start the first match against New England, got in from his training and his play, and he stayed there. And while we might not see as many offensive threats from DJ, I think he really is just that stabilizing force in the defense in the middle. A lot of teams are not going to be coming and trying to uh, to score from our middle because of his ability in there to, to keep them away and just his, his physical attributes um, keep people from, from going down the middle. So it's pushing them towards the outsides. Uh, so... I would like to see him be more on the offensive, even if that's not necessarily the best part of his game, but something that other teams will think, well, wait a second, he might take a shot from here, or he might be able to do something from here. If he if he sags back more, then I don't feel like he's that threat, and they can kind of ignore him. Kind of like a in, soccer, in basketball, if you have a guy that you never think is going to take a three-point shot, you don't even move towards playing him. And so I think he needs to, to move further there on the offensive third if uh, if he's going to be even more powerful and threat uh, a threat to, to help the whole offense. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily just on Derek Jones to do that. I think that's something that the entirety of the team should be trying to do because if you're trying to defend a team and you think any one of them could take a shot, you're going to be in a much more panicked state. You're going to not be able to like be as focused because you're not going to know, oh, it's just these three people, so as long as we got them, we're good. Right. So if you have anyone or even just more people that are willing to take a shot, that, first of all, will increase your likelihood of scoring just based on the amount of shots that you would take, but also get to the point where the opposing team doesn't know who to defend and then will ho- hopefully let people slip. Definitely. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the gallantry segment. Now let's go hear from some fans. We uh we went out on match day and asked some fans uh, some questions here. So uh, just listen and enjoy. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Brandon Lewis. I'm from Gastonia. Hey, George, where are you from? Charlotte, North Carolina. Patrick. And where Pat- are you from, Patrick? I'm from Lexington. couple questions we want to ask all the fans. First of all, turf or grass? Grass, grass. <laughs> naturally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Inevitable question: turf or grass? grass? I'd rather have grass. Grass. All right. Any reason why? No, turf just hurts a little bit, personally. Turf or grass? Grass. Turf. Okay. Turf or grass? <sighs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, if the players want grass, then grass it should be. But you know, it's really, really up to them. So. Who's going to score the most goals this season for Charlotte, and how many? I'm still going to go for Swiderski. Swiderski. Uh, go for 12. Top goal scorer this year, and how many goals for Charlotte? Oh, God. Swiderski, 12. Swiderski, 12. All right, he had 10 last year. Who scores the most goals for Charlotte FC this year, and how many? Gopetti with 13. Ansel. 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 Three. More goals. How many goals? Oh, season. more goals, maybe 15. Three goals today, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, who's going to score the most for Charlotte this year, and how many? I think Copetti. Copetti's going to be hopeful. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many. I'm thinking maybe, I'm hoping like 20 goals. 
before the half of the season. Most assists this year for Charlotte FC. I'm going to go with, oh, that's a hard one. Josviak or Nuno Santos? Either one. I can't pick. Uh, Nuno Santos. Josviak, go for eight. Westwood. How many? I want to say all of them. <laughs> I want to say all of them. That would be nice. All right, Westwood. I'm going to say 15, also 15. Nice. Okay, how many clean sheets? We had eight last year. Let's see, Pablo. Pablo's going to be our starting goalie, huh? Um, yeah, I think maybe 15 clean sheets. Let's go for 12 again. 12 again. All right. We're going the whole season shutout. <laughs> uh, maybe 16. 16? That's it. That's nice. All right. How many clean sheets for the team? Ooh. We had eight last year. We had eight last year? Oh, I don't know. With Kalina being out with the surgery and stuff, um, let's go for eight again. Okay. Uh, unsung hero for the year? Man, I don't know. I don't know right now. Uh, I mean, we noticed him, but I think Gaines is really going to do well. Um, and Mello, of course, since he didn't play. So, I man, I think Adam. Hopefully, when Adam comes back, he does great. I wanna, I wanna see since he scored the first goal last year. I wanna get that feeling again when he scored a goal again. You know, having him back out in the field. So, I think Mello. If when he plays this season, Mello is gonna be our unsung hero for sure. Yeah, I think Mello too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last question. What match are you looking forward to most? Of course, besides this one for the rest of the season. Which one are you like marked on your calendar? I gotta go to that one. Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta Seattle. Sure. Seattle. Oh, nice. Why yeah. Seattle? Because I always liked Seattle before FC Charlotte, but now I like FC Charlotte. Oh, I'm coming. And why? Right now, uh, I mean, this one, then St. Louis next one will be up there, over there. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a good one. Columbus, Columbus. I want that one back. Yeah, I yeah, do too. We, we, we need to win that one for sure. All right. Yeah, they, they took us out of the, the playoffs. When we got tied to tie, we should have won that one, but I'm, I'm ready for Columbus again. Personally, man, every match for me, because I'm I'm probably gonna miss only one one home match. So I'm looking forward to every single match. Yeah. Right. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Okay. Appreciate okay. it. All right, now it's time for the Royal Archives. Um, so this segment, we just talk about some historical things, stats, and stuff like that. So if we look back last year, 2022, after four matches, Charlotte was one and three. Huh. Very similar, right? Not a pattern I like. Not a pattern we like, but they were. And uh, they were, they scored four goals as of this time last year. We had a 3-1 win where most of those came from. Um, and they allowed seven uh, at this time last year. Uh, and then also just knowing and thinking we were one in three, we went the rest of the season and finished believe 13, 18, and 2. So that means we won 12, lost 15, and tied two more games. I obviously think based on what we've already seen this campaign, we're not going to be 12, 15, and 3 the rest of the way. Like our odds are are better with this team gelling. They're gonna they're gonna probably win more than they lose. Yes, and I would also say that it's not just winning more than you lose it's also tying and salvaging some games where you can last year we only had two ties and especially we lost a couple home games specifically orlando that we probably should have won and so i think it's turning those losses into ties turning some ties into wins getting that and if we were in the same playoff system that we are this year 
would have made the playoffs last year. So I think that with our situation being in a better state than we were last year, I think that we're on a good track. Again, I say that, but if we win this week, I think that we'll be on a really good track. All right, so some more statistics. So uh, just looking at the, the Red Bulls match. So last season, Latanzio's first match ever as our manager was a 2-0 win. It was his first match and our win against them at home, So which we're doing today. And that was an exceptional game, especially for the defense, where they only allowed one shot on goal, and it was basically just a trickler. Um, so I thought that was uh, a good way to start out. Hopefully those same vibes will be here. We did lose the last game of the season to them after we were eliminated from the playoffs. So that was a 2-0 loss at New York. Um, I don't know much you can say from that game. I don't think we kind of exhausted our, our steam there. What do you think? I think that it's just really important to the team to go out on the pitch tonight and show New York that that last game of the season wasn't who we were. That that was us after a midweek defeat eliminating us from the playoffs. I think we need to show them and remind them what it looks like when we're playing at home, when we're playing to win, and that we're playing for something. Yeah. Here's some statistics just from, because New York plays a a distinctive style, so they're going to be still playing that style. It's not like it's changing with the players, whereas we might might do that a little more differently, even though we are starting to get our, our own kind of identity in that. But just some some basic stats. So uh, last year for the two matches, total shots for us on average per game was 10. For them, it was 9.5. Shots on goal was 5.5 to their 4.5. We averaged 6.5 corners. They averaged 4. We had two big chances, and we had two big chances that we missed. So we had opportunities that we could have scored, and we didn't. and that was actually in the, the, the latter game. And then uh, New York Red Bulls had zero big chances. So they're, they're goals. Now, uh, other things just about them as a team. You know, you, you got Struber, who's a fiery guy, right? You know, we, we saw that in the U.S. Cup game. Um, but we've also seen in other things. He was really frustrated at that, um, even at our home match, um, 2-0 last year. Latanzio, much calmer demeanor, but definitely, you know, has that same intensity and, and energy fired up. They are number nine in the standings right now with five points. They're 1-1-2, one, one, and two, um, winning last week, coming from behind against uh, the, the crew. Yep, exactly. And we are in 14th at 1-3, sitting at three points. All right, so what are you what are you looking forward to? What are your regal proclamations for this match? Uh, one proclamation I'd like to say is that we're going to win. I'm just going to say that every time. That way, when we do win, I can say that I predicted it. And another reason that goes behind that, this is more of a superstitious one, but we're wearing our secondary kit, the crown jewel kit for the first time today, and we have never lost at home in our secondary kit. And so if you're into sports superstitions, that's why we're going to win tonight. We're 5-0 and in that. We're 5-0 and in that. <laughs> Soon to be 6-0. and Um... But on a more serious note, I think that we are going to see a very similar lineup that to what we saw last week against Orlando. Uh, we do see that Bill Tuiloma is questionable, and I believe Westwood is out. out. 
Yes, so we are not going to see Westwood. And so I think that we're probably going to see something close to a 4-3-2-1 with uh, possibly Hamadi Diop making his MLS debut. Uh, Melanda and Lindsay and Awful also playing in the back, having DJ, Andre Shinoshiki, and Brant Bronico in the midfield, and then having Capetti, Vargas, and Gaines. That's the strikers. All right. My lineup's a little bit different than yours. I do think we are going to come away with the victory today. We're, we're just due. I mean, that's just you, can just, you can just feel it. Like, it's just that feeling. Especially that first match against New England, all the rainy. I don't know. It just, something was zapped, and a lot of us felt like something was just off that. And I just feel like the United game, United match at home, again, that was just another, you know, they they exploited our mistakes, and we we paid for them and that's that's why we we lost that one uh so on my lineup same thing as you up front i think he's probably going to keep the three up there he might not you know he might play a, a a straight three or he might you know have capetti up a little bit further but um vargas capetti and Gaines, just like they were i think he'll substitute vargas a little bit earlier um unless vargas's motors is running at full steam but i think the look for him to to put someone else in there just because that'll help Vargas. Yeah, maybe 65 minutes. Then I think in the midfield, I think with Westwood out, I think you got Bronico in there. I think uh, Yozwiak gets back in there. Still think he, he's played very well. We probably should have shouted out to him. I don't know why I forgot about him, but he um, just because of the last game he didn't start, but he had been playing very well all season. Um, so he gets back in there. And then I think, you know, don't know what happened at practice. Of course, it, it seems like Latanzio is, when he's looking at this other position, maybe the 10 or um, the 9, but looking at Santos or Shinoshiki. So I think one of them will kind of start in that position um, and then swap out for the other. So I think they'll both play. Um, it just depends. And then I think, I don't think Diop will get a start. I think since we practiced and used DJ in the back before we even had to, Loma, that I think DJ drops back there, and we have Awful and Lindsay again, along with Melanda uh, as our back four, and then Marks again deserves a start. So that's that's my uh, my lineup that I think will serve us best. Um, they like to they have a lot of clearances, and they like to, of course, high press. So you're going to see their defenders pulling way up, which is going to allow us to have some chances um, more for the for the long balls, but also. Um, something you pointed out, and maybe you can share, is what you noticed when the high press wasn't working and, and other teams were getting chances against the Red Bulls this season. So uh, if you go back and you look at the games that New York has played this season, you see a lot that their high press is extremely far towards the goal. Whenever there's a free kick taken at about maybe like 10, 15 yards past the uh, midfield line, you'll see almost like every player down by the box down there and so there's maybe one player hanging back by the goal and so specifically last week uh there's a play that orlando intercepts a pass and then it's just off to the races dribbling down and there's really only one defender down there now that didn't end up in a goal for orlando but that did end up in a uh, corner and a decent attempt on goal and so I think that if we are able to intercept their balls and be able to 
take the ball and make a fast press back to the like opposing counter. Terms. Yes, counter very well. I think that we're able to like pass the ball to Gaines, let him run it down there, get it down there fast. I think that their high press is very intimidating when you're coming at it from a defensive way, but they struggle much like we've struggled sometimes with this. They struggle to return back into a defense. They struggle switching back and forth from offense to transition. Defense. Yeah, and I think that we can exploit that today. Yeah, and I, uh, hopefully our transition because they're going to play a game where we're going to um, we're going to be pressing too, and they're going to try to you know a lot of times you talk about red bulls on that second ball. So after the big long kick or the long pass to the other side or a, a change of field, it's that second ball that we need to get. Um, but I feel like with the speed that we have on the outside, especially in the beginning, that's you know looking for early goals um, from from our team is going to be crucial um, to helping because then the Red Bulls will press even more and that'll have even more chances because they're going to expose even more. All right, so we're at the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to this special one that we do. We'll come back in the fifth week, so basically uh, towards May, and we'll see how the crown has handled the last couple games and look at the rest of the season. Thanks, Eli, for joining me and and being on this. As always, follow us on Twitter at CLTFC Podcast, and we're also on Instagram and charlottefcpodcast.com where you can uh, see all the episodes and see what we've done all once in our website. And, of course, we'd love when you follow us to interact with us about the show. Tell us what you like, what you want to see more of, um, any people that you want us to interview that you're interested in. We just love to hear that. We want to do whatever we can to get everybody, the people, and the information that they need. Thanks, Eli. Thanks for having me on.